Welcome. Welcome in to Sports Talk Chicago. All gas, no brakes. If you're looking for the same old sports talk, get out. You've come to the wrong place. Hey, we ain't come this far just to come this far, you hear me? I tell you what I see, I tell you the truth. We going hard today. We're fearless, bold, and highly opinionated. This here show. This show is so hot right now. The biggest guests, the hottest takes, and the best interviews live right here. Do you actually remind me of Dan Patrick? Because you ask great questions, you have the knack, you have the gift. On Sports Talk Chicago. Yo, Chicago. Here's your host. The guy's an absolute stud. John Zagul. Hi, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk Chicago. The week keeps getting worse for the Bears, and we have a Bears-heavy show here on today. And we appreciate everybody tuning in on our great radio and TV affiliates, 92.9 Cities FM, and also WJOB AM 1230, West Indiana. And HGTV, new logo up there near the top of our screen, Aurora Community Access Television. We're on there as well. We're here on YouTube at Sports Talk Chicago, all over on social media at Sports Talk Chicago. John Meadows, producing and directing at the chair. Next to me over here, you want to be a part of the conversation, comment in the live chat, hang out with us, follow me personally at John Z Sports. We're going to make sure we find every way to get to your interaction. So much to get to, so much to talk about, and we are so glad that you're all here with us to lament in another tough, and critical Bears week. Uh, I want to kind of start off with this, going to make this very brief and very quick, as I do see some trolls are still in existence across social media. Hey, good for you guys if you're still out there sticking to your guns, although they're probably wrong. Um, I'm not going to retract any news about Alan Williams. And I think at this point, I've been unbelievably vindicated, and I'm going to leave it at that. So, For those who continue to comment, whether it be here on YouTube or across social media, I know many people refuse to believe what's been put out there, and that's fine. I'm not going to retract anything. I'm not going to say anything more about it other than it's a really dark stain and a dark mark in what's already been a very tough year for the Bears. This weekend's performance was so poor and pitiful that the Williams story kind of got buried a bit, and now it's kind of been quiet. No one's really been talking about it. I have no new new news to report about it. But I do want to say that what's out there is out there, not just by me, but by many other reporters in the NFL universe, and more is going to continue to come out, whether you like it or not. I'm going to leave it at that, and we're going to talk about how much the Bears are in trouble. They're in big trouble. Take a look at this article. And I can't believe this was written. I am so stunned at the media arc and the way the media has covered Justin Fields. Look at this. Quote, why the Bears should consider trading Justin Fields and starting over at QB in 2024. That's an article from CBSSports.com. Cody Benjamin at 0-3. Nothing should be off the table. Nothing. (laughs) Three games in and... Nothing should be off the table. It makes a great point. It kind of confirms what Jake Glazer reported before the Bears game on Sunday, saying that the Bears are not committed yet to Justin Fields. He has a ways to go to convince the Bears that they should commit to him long-term, which is something we've been really talking about for years on this program. And this is not supposed to be a hit piece or a hate piece on Justin Fields. I think part of the situation, unfortunately, can be chalked up to coaching and chalked up to bad play calling, chalked up to bad scheme. That said, we are going to hold Justin Fields accountable for his horrendous play on the field, like we did to Mitch Trubisky 
Everybody else did to a great extent. But nevertheless, Mitch Trubisky somewhat contributed to his own demise. Coaching was a big issue. Matt Nagy did sabotage him. Ryan Pace did too, and that team and the offensive line specifically was horrendous. Now we sit here today, and many situations are the same. And it makes me wonder, from a big-picture perspective, what the hell is wrong with the Chicago Bears? You know, we were sold on different things. We were sold on newness, on a 21st century coaching staff and a 21st century front office. We were sold on the good stuff, on a forward-thinking GM. We were sold on good things. And what we're seeing is just a repeat of years past and years past and years past. We're seeing a repeat of decades of mediocrity and decades of dumb decisions and decades of Defense first, although the defense is the worst in football. We're seeing the same old BS year in and year out. I mean, we're talking about a new head coach, a new GM, a new team president, and it's the same. Nothing has moved forward in the right direction. Justin Fields looks like Mitch Trubisky, and Mitch Trubisky put up better numbers than Justin Fields. That's a fact at this point. Justin Fields is a 6-29 quarterback who has a career passer rating of 80. What the hell's wrong with the Chicago Bears? And why does this continue to happen? See, this article from CBS is actually a bit misleading because they're saying trade Justin Fields and draft a quarterback in 2024. Well, Does it really matter if you draft a quarterback up here to the Bears? I'm asking. Does it really matter if the Bears draft Caleb Williams or Shadur Sanders when he becomes available? No, because you know what? It's an organizational failure from the top down. Nobody's doing anything about it. Nobody's being held accountable for it. And every single year, it gets worse and worse and worse and more sad and pathetic, frankly. It's never getting better. Offensive coach Matt Nagy doesn't work. Defensive coach Matt Eberplus, who isn't even a coordinator at this point, Matt Eberflus is calling the defense now. He even said it during a press conference because Allen Williams is gone. And the Bears have one of the worst point differentials in football, have one of the worst defenses in football. Yeah, good job, Matt Eberflus. Nice guy off the field, bad coach. Those two things could be in existence, coexisting together. Matt Nagy, bad guy off the field, bad coach. Matt Eberflus, nice guy, but just a bad coach who is significantly in over his head. Significantly in over his head. And all of this goes back to Justin Fields. I'll admit it first. I was a little bit biased against Fields. I'll admit it. I was not happy with the way Mitch Trubisky was run out of town. I was not happy with the way that he was treated by the media, by fans, by everybody. I thought it was unfair. I thought it was wrong, and it was. But as I sit here today, the same things are happening to Justin Fields. The same things. I mean, think about Mitch. Great second year, right? Actually, their career trajectories are so similar. First year, kind of part-time quarterback, because Mitch only started seven games his first year, and Fields didn't get the full season. Second year, big jump in a positive direction. Mitch was great his second year. The Bears went 12-4. and Fields, although the Bears lost a lot of games, set a quarterback record with rushing yards for the team. And then third year, both guys took steps back. The Bears decided to stick with Mitch, still moving forward. The Bears now are not going to commit to Justin Fields, and while I understand that based on performance, and part of it is Fields' fault, a lot of this is another failure in terms of coaching, in terms of play calling, and in terms of offensive line help. Why is it always the same things? And why do the Bears hire different people, right? They, they go outside the organization. 
They claim that they found the right guys, right GM, right head coach, right offensive coordinator, right president, and yet the same results continue to occur. I'm not a dummy, okay? You can't sell me BS and then claim it's great and then just continue to roll with it. This is literally a repeat of two or three years ago. And I heard some people say, well, maybe uh, Kevin Warren's going to want to tear it down and build up his own team. No, that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. The Bears and their fan base were already through a rebuild. They've already been through it last year. And don't tell me that this year's supposed to be 0-3 start and maybe a five-win team. No, we were sold on much more this offseason. Ryan Paul spent significant amounts of money. This team was being lauded and touted by the national media. Everybody was in on the Bears to make a significant jump in 2023. And here we are today, and look where they are. They're 0-3, worst team in the NFL at this point. Maybe the Broncos are right there with them, and look who's going to be facing off this weekend. We'll get to that in segment three. What a freaking joke. How sad is this? How sad is this to watch? I am so disappointed in this team continually asking for patience, continually talking to fans and hyping up what's going to happen, continually spinning the media to be in their direction, in their corner, when at the end of the day, it's the same old song and dance. It's the same old pattern of losing no offense, no offensive line, and defense first when even this year there's no defense. There's nothing. Nothing. They're so bad. There's no way to spin this. There's no way to talk about it. They're just bad. Justin Fields is certainly an issue, and there's a reason why the Bears are going to be uncommitted to him. And I blame Justin Fields for sure for his regression to an extent. Hey, Fields is missing wide open guys downfield. There were times, and they counted it off on the Fox broadcast on Sunday. He had eight seconds in the pocket, threw it to nobody, took a sack or ran out of the way or threw it away. That's unacceptable. But his confidence is shot. And this team in general is going in the wrong direction. Think about all this stuff that's been going on for the Bears. Their, their offensive line is beat up. Their defense is not making any stops. They have no turnovers, barely any. They barely can even hit the quarterback, which is pitiful, to say the least. Justin Fields is missing wide open guys right downfield. And their defensive coordinator resigned under mysterious circumstances. That nobody publicly knows about, but certainly it's probably affected these players behind the scenes, especially the defense. When you lose your head coach, I mean, if you're a defensive player, you lose effectively your head coach, your defensive coordinator, week one. That's an unbelievable loss, and that is just tragic, to say the least. Everybody's to blame. Everybody's in trouble. That's why we titled this video, Justin Fields and Matt Eberflus are in trouble. Well, really, it's everybody. Those two specifically are really on the hot seat, especially Matt Eberflus. He's probably, as far as coaching goes, the second highest coach on that hot seat trajectory, along with Brandon Staley out in Los Angeles. But they're both in trouble, and I think more people should be in trouble. More people should be held accountable. Luke Getze should be going today. Because whatever his experiment is on offense, it ain't working. And this has, this is how it started last year, too, if you all recall. Year began, and Justin Fields was playing horribly, and Luke Getze claimed that he was trying all things out, and after about four or five games, things got really good. I'm so sick of the trial-by-error excuse. 
You know what you have in Justin Fields. You know what you have as a quarterback. You know his limitations and you know his strengths. Why the hell aren't you coaching for him? Why the hell aren't you calling plays that suit him best? Instead, we're doing the same old stuff, calling plays out of context, making things harder on him, and calling an offense that just looks befuddled and confused and confusing to watch. It's like a Matt Nagy type of offense. It's horrible. It's really bad. I don't know what the solution is going to be for the Bears long term. I really don't. I mean, you know, the the, the old adage is, well, um, who are the Bears going to replace Eber, Plus, and Fields with? I don't know. I don't know. But if by the end of the year, this trajectory, this way continues, significant changes need to be made. And I'll tell you right now, first on the list, Eber, Plus, and Fields. Polls should be on the list, but he won't. Oh, I didn't draft Dustin Fields. I could stay. He should be gone, too. For all the money he spent, where it went, and now the -the on-the-field product. All of them should be gone. Not going to happen, but it should happen. What a disappointing way to start off this season. And what a disappointing year for Bears fans at large. Everybody was let down by this team and this administration. Everybody's let down by this on-the-field product. And all of you deserve to voice your opinions on what's occurring. Bears faithful, some of them, or even Bears management, even media may try to silence you. But we're not going to do it because your voices need to be heard. This is sad. And this is unfortunate to watch. A lot of you are hanging out with us in the chat tonight. Some of you are blaming Justin Fields. Some of you are calling him Cade McFields. (laughs) Saying that you should draft a QB. I think there are so many other issues. I mean, Justin Fields is a problem. Don't get me wrong. And he's an issue with this team. But... We got to look at everybody, not just Justin Fields. Matt Eberflus has to go. Luke Getze has to go. Ryan Poles has to go. Alan Williams is already gone. I think it's everybody, all encompassing. Everybody has to go. And I'll end on this note. As far as Justin Fields goes, any quarterback who's drafted by the Bears at this point is set up to fail. If Pat Mahomes was drafted by the Bears, he'd fail. If Mitch Trubisky was drafted by the Bears, he'd fail. If Deshaun Watson was drafted by the Bears, he'd fail. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is here in Chicago. For some reason, somehow, they've set up a system that allows them to fail. And that's pretty damn sad. We'll be back in a minute here on City's 92.9 FM, WJOB, and here on YouTube. Back here on the program, we want to get to our next segment. This still discusses and... Talks about the Bears' coaching situation at Sports Talk Chicago. Here with John Zaglou, John Meadows directing and producing. We're live on YouTube, live on Cities 92.9 FM and AM 1230 WJOB. Also, ACTV out in Aurora. Appreciate all of our great affiliates. You can follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago. And while you're hanging out here on YouTube, hit that like button and subscribe to the uh, channel so most of you can see our content. We go live on Sundays for all Bears games. We had almost 6,000 people hang out with us last Sunday We're hoping for a great turnout this weekend as the Bears take on the Broncos, and we hope you're hanging out with us. I kind of alluded to this in our last segment. Matt Eberflus is in over his head. 
I don't know if Matt Eberflus knows how to handle the situation that the Bears are facing. And he said today at a press conference that he feels like him and Justin Fields are close, I guess. They're, they're, they're close. Although the Bears rank near dead last or near the bottom of every statistical defensive category. Eberflus said this quote, I think we're real close, I really do, when asked if the Bears were close to unlocking Fields. <laughs> Can you believe, hold on a minute, this actually pissed me off. We're in year three of Justin Fields. Why are we talking about being close or maybe we'll unlock him? This is ridiculous. If you're in your third year as a quarterback and you aren't performing and your team hasn't unlocked you yet, that's an indictment, a scathing indictment on everybody involved. But let me read this quote. Eberflus said this. I know a lot of people say it's a far away situation. I don't believe that. I think we're close. I think it's more about the details of the individual person. If we just keep doing that right, right things are going to happen. Oh, yeah, right? Things are going to happen? Like what? You guys were more close last year in the last 10 games of the season than you are right now. It's like Justin's a rookie again, a wide-eyed rookie who can't even complete a pass in the NFL, let alone lead the Bears to a victory. Under Matt Eberplus, the Bears have lost 13 straight games. Franchise record, by the way. So there's never been a coach in Bears history who's been worse, statistically speaking, than Matt Eberflus. Never. Why does he still have a job today? Why is he still the head coach of the Chicago Bears? The Bears have never fired anybody midseason, and they won't, because they have an old thinking mentality about how they should treat coaches. And then people ask, oh, well, who's going to replace Eberflus? I don't give a damn who replaces him. Promote somebody from within because it's clear the Bears are giving up on this season. So if you're going to give up on this season and give up on everybody now, then fire Eberflus, start the search. Maybe by the end of the year, you're going to find somebody competent enough to lead this team. What's the point in keeping them around for what? What are you going to gain out of this besides stringing people along and continuing in your mediocrity. You know what's so funny is Eberflus after the game on Sunday when he was at his press conference, he brought up the fact that the Bears caused two turnovers and intercepted Blaine Gabbert twice, saying, hey, we got a couple of interceptions there in the fourth quarter. I don't give a blank. Come on. Hey, good job. You intercepted twice some bust of a quarterback who somehow is still standing in the NFL and somehow is still playing on the Kansas City Chiefs, backing up and drinking coffee half the time for Pat Mahomes. Give me a break. That's not something to brag about. That's not something to say, hey, we we caused two turnovers. No. You intercepted Blaine Gabbert twice. (laughs) I think everybody in the NFL at this point, like every defensive player can say, I've intercepted Blaine Gabbert. Seriously, go look at his numbers. He freaking sucks. Yeah, good job. We we intercepted Blaine Gabbert twice. Not just once, twice. Got to put that qualifier in there. It's a big deal to him. Big deal to this Bears team when it comes to the hits principle and forcing turnovers. We got Blaine Gabbert to throw two picks. <sighs> How pathetic is that? I mean, listen to that statement. This team gets blown out 42-10, to 10, and we're talking about two interceptions off of Blaine Gabbert, who came in in the fourth quarter because Pat Mahomes was sitting because the Chiefs were winning by so much. So it got to a point where they brought in their backup 
gave him an opportunity, and he blew it. <laughs> so we're going to brag about that at a press conference at a podium after you got your asses handed to you. And this is the head coach for the Chicago Bears. I don't want to defame him as I don't want to defame him as a person. First of all, I want to say that Eberflus is a good guy off the field, man of faith, which I unbelievably respect. But unfortunately, it is just not working. I wish him all the best. I hope he maybe latches on somewhere else as defensive coordinator, maybe linebackers coach. Defensive line coach, I don't know, somewhere else. I I wish him all the best. Truly, I do. It's not like a Matt Nagy thing. Nagy was just insufferable. He's not a bad guy, but it's just so incompetent in a situation in which he's so in over his head. Because the Allen Williams situation, it's not fully his fault, has not been handled well by the Bears. And I know that's a huge distraction. Top of that, you got a team that's just floundering at 0-3. Franchise record losing streak. Justin Fields, your star, quote-unquote quarterback, is regressing, not progressing, not developing at all, and it's come to a point where you want to cut ties with him maybe at the end of the year if things don't get better. You're a defensive-minded guy, and your defense is one of the worst defenses in football in all statistical categories. And this was supposed to be a year you were going to be good. <laughs> Minimum 7-10, and 8-9. High point, 10 and 7, 9 and 8. High point, potentially a wild card spot. And instead, you're 0 and 3 and at the bottom of the football world, and it's only week four, coming up to week four. This is a worst case scenario, and this does warrant termination. I didn't expect this to happen, and you hear people say all the time, hey, there's no way we're going to fire Matt Eberflus midseason, right? And then you ask the question, well, what does no way mean? Does it mean if they go one and two or whatever? No, no, no. This is that bad. This does warrant an in-season firing. This warrants everything imaginable. It needs to happen. This warrants it. If they were one and two, two and one, three and oh, we wouldn't be having this conversation. They're 0-3, and, and even if the games were close, maybe we could justify it. No, the games have all been bad. I mean, there's there's been nothing good. They gave up 300-plus passing yards. I mean, Baker Mayfield looked look amazing. Baker Mayfield had no job a couple of months ago. And now look. Jordan Love, essentially his debut as the Packers starter, tears up the Bears. And then last week, Pat Mahomes does Pat Mahomes, and, and the rest is history. You pride yourself on being a defensive guy. You pride yourself on being now the defensive coordinator and play caller, in addition to being the head coach. And why are you giving up 30-plus points every game? Why are you making quarterbacks like Jordan Love and Baker Mayfield specifically look like MVP candidates? I mean, Baker Mayfield's a dark horse MVP candidate as we sit here today, partially because of how well he did against the Bears and how he's leading Tampa Bay to a good record. Baker didn't have a job five months ago. And I say that again because it's ridiculous. Baker last year was benched in Carolina. Benched. Went to LA on a six-game contract, essentially, and did okay. This year had to compete for a position with Kyle Trask, who's a total bust. Wins the job. Now he does this against the Bears. Come on. You couldn't do anything? I mean, Baker is good for one or two interceptions a game. You couldn't even make him turn the ball over. You couldn't even hit him. There was no sacks on Baker. One hit, no sacks. 
And Jordan Love, in essentially his debut, you could have roughed him up. You could have hurt his confidence. You could have made sure that he was walking on eggshells the rest of the season. There could have been a statement made week one, and it could have stunted Jordan Love's development. Because look what's happening to Justin Fields right now. Imagine if the Bears did that to Jordan Love week one. Would he be playing like this now? No. But instead, three touchdowns, no interceptions, no turnovers. Nearly a perfect passer rating. And now Jordan Love is also a dark horse MVP candidate. Three weeks in. Everything that has gone wrong or that was purported to go wrong has gone wrong. Everything that people were worried about, the wars are coming to light and things are getting bad. It's so horrendous. It's so unfortunate to see and to watch. And there are no consequences for the mediocrity. I mean, this reminds me so much of the Bulls for 20-plus years keeping Paxson and, and Foreman around, guard packs, and they got rewarded consistently for mediocrity. Nice guys off the court, bad executives, consistently rewarded. And now we sit here today, and Matt Eberplus, I know it's only his second year, but you can't be setting franchise records and losses. And the Bears as a whole cannot try and push me or sell me on another tank. This is not supposed to be a tanking year. Last year, I didn't even accept it, but near the end of the year, I kind of understood and got the process and got the mindset. I was okay with it. Didn't like it, but I was okay with it. This is not a tanking year, though. This is not a, okay, whatever, we're going to go 3-15 and 15 again, 3-14 and 14 again. No, this was supposed to be a year of growth. This was supposed to be a year of progress for everybody. Fields, Eberplus, Gutsy, Poles, money was spent. Resources were invested. This team was supposed to be better. No, they're worse. They're worse than last year. They're worse than when Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace were here. Might as well have kept them around. The Bears went 6-11 and under Nagy. That's better than freaking 0-3 with the worst point differential in football and the worst defense in football and the worst offense in football. And, of course, Matt Nagy tears it up against the Bears on Sunday. And that's a huge storyline that we're not even getting to because it's so bad here that we can't even talk about it. <laughs> There's not enough time. There's not enough in the news cycle to even bring that up. But that was pathetic, too. The Bears let Matt Nagy get revenge on them, which is sad, considering that Nagy doesn't deserve revenge. He deserves to not be coaching, period, after what he did to Mitch Trubisky and Justin Fields. It's unfortunate. It's disgusting. And I think Matt Eberflus's days are numbered. I'm not reporting it. I'm just speculating. And I think it should be done. Matt Eberflus's days should be numbered. And it's not because he's a bad guy. Don't misquote me. Not because I hate him. Not because I'm being defamatory. It's because, unfortunately, although he's a nice guy off the field and a nice guy in general, he does not know how to successfully coach a National Football League team. And that's it. It's as simple as that. There's no qualifier. There's no well, but no. He's been given everything. Ryan Pohl spent a lot of money. Justin Fields is regressing. Everything's bad. And and, and again, as I said in my first segment, everybody should go, really. I mean, Ryan Poles, Eberplus, Gatsy, and Fields are all deserving of getting out. They're all deserving of being fired, per se. But Eberplus, specifically, as we hone in on him, he really deserves to go. 
Foles might survive because he didn't draft Justin Fields. Fields might survive for another couple of years because he is up to five years on his rookie contract. But Eberflus, as a defensive guy, has the worst defense in football. And the Bears spent money on defense. This is beyond bad. And he's certainly in over his head. Crossing some of your comments here on the chat here on Sports Talk Chicago. Justin Fumbles, he's as good today as he was in his first day in the NFL. He was never NFL material. No one broke him. Don't fully agree with that. I think he could have been NFL material. I think every quarterback who's drafted could be NFL material. Then it depends on coaching and their willingness to be coached. And I think it went both ways in the Bears and Fields going down, going downhill and going down to where they were today. Been starting over for 35 years. Yep. I mean, there was just a rebuild last year. Are we going to have a rebuild again next year? It's so sad. It's so sad. If we don't win within a month, this might be generous. He will be done as much as they don't fire head coaches midseason. I really think they're going to wait till the end of the year like they always do to fire Eberflus. It's wrong. I think it's so old, you know, old-minded. But I just feel like that's the way it's going to go. If Eberflus and Getsy were fired midseason, who do you think should take over? Coach Hightower? Special teams coach. I don't really care who takes over. It doesn't even matter because if they get fired midseason, the Bears are waving a white flag too. And they're waving a white flag already. This year is going to be over. It's going to be about next year and the years to come. What could they do to ensure success and be better? That's what's going to be important. We're going to be right back here in Cities 92.9 FM and WJOB. Back here on Sports Talk Chicago, John Zaglul. Um, make sure you tune into the podcast portion of this show. If you're trying to catch up, maybe... Hopping on our last segment here of the day. We're all over at Sports Talk Chicago, any one of your favorite podcasting platforms. You can follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago on social. Follow me personally at John Z Sports. John Meadows in the driver's seat directing and producing. And you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Over 18,000 of you here with us. We appreciate it. Hit that like button on this video specifically. You can also subscribe for more great Bears content. We go live every Sunday, too, for all Bears games. Commentary. You can hang out with us. Watch us commentate and watch this season unfold, the good, the bad, and the ugly, to say the least. Well, we got to promise you, and we did promise you a game preview. I don't know if it really matters much, but we do have the Bears and the Broncos facing off this Sunday. The Bears are underdogs. Yeah, you heard that right. The Bears are underdogs at home. The Broncos lost last week 70-20. to The Broncos gave up 70 points defensively. And guess what? The Broncos are favorited. On the road against the Bears. That's not a joke. This is not this is not me lying. This is true. The Broncos are favorited. Last time I looked at the lines, two and a half points. They're favorites by a field goal, the Broncos. And they lost 70 to 20 last week. <laughs> Keep that in mind. I've never heard of that before. Let me just say that. The Broncos, much like the Bears, are another team that are very disappointing this year. And I thought they'd be better than this, I will say. Sean Payton is an excellent NFL head coach. Probably should be a Hall of Famer one day. Super Bowl winner, established pedigree and lineage in the NFL, but so far he's 0-3, and his team gave up 70 points. Russell Wilson, believe it or not, is having a great statistical season, but he has no wins to show for it, and people are calling for his head out in Denver. But Wilson actually has a 99.5 passer rating. Bears fans would kill for that right now. So for those of you who... 
criticize Wilson, I will say, I mean, Justin Fields is down at 67.7 on the rating scale. Fields is 526 yards, three touchdowns, four picks. Wilson, 791 yards, six touchdowns, two picks. The run game for Denver's all right. Javante Williams is their RB1, averaging only 3.8 yards per carry. Wilson has some yardage as well as some Mahe Perrine. For the Bears, believe it or not, Justin Fields is their best rusher, but he only has 109 yards. Herbert is 93, and Johnson is 90. And the Bears, from a wide receiving perspective, have D.J. Moore doing well, but a lot of his numbers have come in garbage time. For the Broncos, it's Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and Brandon Johnson, all with 100-plus yards already. And Marvin Mims. They have four wide receivers already with 100-plus yards. The Bears only have two. So, it's a tale of two different teams here. Denver's 0-3, and they had a really bad week last week, but I don't think they should be 0-3. They've had opportunities in which they could have won games. The two losses that they sustained were within one possession, all of, that, all of them within two points or less. They could easily be 2-1 and one right now. Easily be 2-1 and one right now. The Bears are 0-3, and, and they deserve to be 0-3. And, and I think they're going to be 0-4 on Sunday. I don't think they're going to win this football game. And I don't, I'm not going to place my faith and the Bears somehow banding together, as many Eberflus said in the press conferences this week. we got a tight group of men in there. No, it's not going to happen. The noise from the outside is reaching levels that I've never seen it reach. Because it was not like this in the media even when Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy were hanging around and Ryan Pace was hanging around. It was bad, but not like this. The noise is increasing day by day. Things are not getting better. And the Bears are playing all-time worst football. You got Denver who's come in, and they put up points. And they've been in games. And they probably should be 2-1 and one if the ball bounced their way one time. Instead, they're on three. And they have their own issues. I think for Denver, this could be a correctable game, a let's-get-the-path-straight game, similar to what KC did last week. KC was 1-1. One one. They started out kind of wonky. Things weren't perfect. Pat Mahomes entered the game with an 89 passer rating, which is unlike him, and he turned around and performed immaculately. Now this week, Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, the Denver offense, they're going to come in with the mindset of we need to win now if we want any chance to go to the playoffs. I mean, 0-3 is very tough. I don't think there's been one 0-3 team that started since the playoffs have expanded who's made it to the postseason. So maybe Denver will be the first, but even if not, at least they can salvage their season, put up decent numbers better than last year, and justify moving forward with their plan with Russell Wilson, with Sean Payton. They have a lot to play for. They're a different 0-3 team than Chicago. See, the Bears have had Matt Eberflus. Justin Fields is on a rookie deal, and Ryan Poles is a rookie GM. They just paid a ton of money to Sean Payton. They have a ton of money invested in Russell Wilson. This has to work for Denver. This has to work, because if it doesn't, they're in significant trouble, and they're going to be bad for 5, 10 years until that Russell Wilson contract ends. And Sean Payton was signed to a long-term deal that's going to pay him $10 million per year, so Payton's going to be stuck there, too. This has to get better for them. There's more of a fire under their butts. There's more motivation, and they know deep down we can win a football game. They've been close twice. They've been within two points twice before last week. The Bears haven't been close to anything. <laughs> they can't even play one good quarter of football, let alone win a game, let alone play a whole game effectively, do a complete game. These situations are way different. 
I'm not a big qualifier guy. I'm not a big I'm going to make excuses guy. But Denver's 0-3 is way different than the Bears 0-3. Like, it's not even close. I'm not expecting a victory for the Bears, even though they're going to be at home, even though they're facing a team that gave up 70 points. Let me ask you this, too. The Dolphins have Tua Tagovailoa, who is the MVP of the first three weeks of the season. They have Raheem Mostert at running back. They have stud wide receivers like Tyreek Hill. They have an okay defense. They're 3-0. and Do you really think the Bears are going to put up even 20 points against Denver? Denver's defense is so bad, and the Bears' offense is even worse. What difference would it make? <laughs> you really think Fields and company are going to band together like Matt Eberflus says and put up a 30 spot, let alone even more, on Denver's defense? No way! Because the Bears have faced somewhat weak defenses. Green Bay's not perfect. Tampa's not perfect, and even the Chiefs aren't. It's not like they faced a shutdown defense yet. They faced decent defenses. Middle of the road, some of them better than middle of the road, maybe top 10, but they haven't faced an elite defense, and they're putting up nothing. You really think that this weekend they're going to put up, again, a 30-40 spot against Denver's defense? No. What's probably going to happen is Fields will have two touchdowns and a pick, maybe 205 yards, maybe 50 rushing, which, you know, everyone's going to spin his, hey, things are getting better, but they're really not because that's not acceptable. That's what he was doing last year. And the Bears are going to lose this game, I think, by still two possessions. It's going to be a two-possession loss for the Bears, in my opinion. How to predict the score today, knowing the Bears' defensive struggles and knowing how well Russell Wilson has played, although they've lost three, he's played well. I know they're making fun of Wilson out there in Denver, but he's actually played, he certainly played better than last year. First of all, so there's already an improvement under Sean Payton. The results might not be there, but the numbers are there. He's better. He's closer, not perfect, but closer to the Russell Wilson of old. It's going to be better than last year for Denver. So keeping all this in mind and looking at the situation, I'm going to say 30 to 17 Bears lose. 30 to 17 Bears lose. Like I said, Justin Fields might put up 200 yards and people are going to freak out because it's 200 passing yards, which is below average for a quarterback and maybe 50 rushing yards. He'll kick in, maybe a touchdown, rushing touchdown, and there will be an interception. Don't get me wrong. It might even be a pick six. The Bears are not going to win this game, and I still think it's going to be a two-possession game because every team the Bears face, they make the other team look amazing. They elevate the other team's game. They elevate the other team's defense because of bad play calling and Justin Fields making mistakes, and they elevate the other team's offense because their defense is the worst in football. (laughs) So no matter which way you go, no matter which way you spin it, the other team's going to look great. They're going to look like a playoff team. And Denver, I think, is going to get great motivation off this weekend winning. And if I'm wrong, so be it. But I'm not going to blame myself for picking against the Bears for the rest of this year. These first three games have shown me how pathetic the Bears are this year and how bad things are at Hallis Hall. Whether it's off the field stuff, whether it's internal, whether it's on the field, everything's a crap show. Everything's bad. 30-17, to 17, they're going to lose. It's not going to be good.
the Bears, if they lose by that much, which is what I'm expecting, are going to be subject to more criticism. They're going to be subject to more hatred, (laughs) more vile on social media and calling into radio shows Monday morning and Sunday evening. But they deserve all the hate that they're getting. They deserve all the criticism that they're getting. They do. This was supposed to be a good year. This was supposed to be something encouraging. This was supposed to be better. And this is not better. And I know the last week was rock bottom. I mean, this won't be rock bottom if they lose 30-17 to 17 because, I mean, nothing can beat last week and how bad it was. Nothing. Really, no. But I will say this. If they lose bad to the 0-3 Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson, it's going to just get worse and worse. And the criticism is going to heighten and heighten and heighten up because it's well-deserved. This team should be better than this. They should be playing more competitive football at the least than this. It's so bad. So bad. They gave up 70 points last week, and the Bears are probably going to lose to them. 30-17. to 17. So maybe it is rock bottom. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this will be rock bottom. This team just gave up 70 points last week. They're also 0-3. They're also a major disappointment. And if the Bears lose to them 30-17, to 17, or even in general, maybe that will be truly rock bottom. Maybe that will cause something to change. I doubt it because obviously nothing's changed yet, but maybe that'll cause something to change up. I hope so. It's pretty bad in Bears land. It's pretty bad in Bears land, and yet we continue to come back. And this is why the Bears are giving us a disservice because there are people out there who love this organization, who love this franchise, who understand its history. It's a storied NFL franchise. It's one of the original ones. And yet we have to sit here and be subject to this BS every single week, to this mediocrity. Mediocrity is a compliment in this sense. It is outright pathetic. We keep coming back. What a sad season for the Bears. I want to get to your comments here before we finish up the program today. Bears will be lucky to score 17-plus. I'm with you on that. This will be rock bottom because the Broncos gave up 70 points last week. Yeah, You and I are thinking the same way. I think the Bears will beat Denver in a close game. Then everyone will think they've turned the corner, but they won't have. And I could see that happening, too, because we all know how people work here in Chicagoland. We know how the media works. We know how the Bears work, right? They win a game. They beat Denver. Close game. They pull it out, and everyone's going to be so happy. But the fact is, no matter what, then what? They're one in three? Yeah, good luck. Good luck digging yourself out of that hole no matter what. It's still a bad situation, win or loss at this point. And that's how it's going to be for the rest of the year, unless they pull off winning like seven straight or six straight. Even five straight, maybe. I'll give them that. Bears will let their diamonds in the rough slip through the cracks. They'll most likely not give Bajent a chance. And they'll fail to realize that if any new head coach can come from this staff, it's Hightower. Yeah. Yep, uh, a lot of people have been calling for Bajent to come on in. And uh, Bajent at this point is still QB3. So I think it wouldn't be bad to bring him in. What what do you have to lose at this point? I don't know how well he's going to play. I really don't because he faced third-string competition. But what do you have to lose at this point to give him a few opportunities? I mean, Justin Fields could not be playing any worse. So I don't see why you can't try Bajan and see what you get out of him. 
At this point, everyone is gone. And we'll end on that note because it's true. At this point, unless the Bears somehow turn it around and go 7 and 10, 8 and 9, 9 and 8, 10 and 7, it's a shame and it's done. I want to thank everybody for hanging out and, and tuning in here to today's program. Appreciate everybody. City's 92.9 FM, AM 1230, WJOB, ACTV, Aurora, Community Access TV, all of our great affiliates. You see them at the top of the screen. Support them. Hit up their websites and listen to their and, and watch their stations. Big thank you to John Meadows, directing and producing. Amish Country Farms is our sponsor, and the link is in the description of this video if you want to help them out and check out their page. Follow me all over at Sports Talk Chicago. Subscribe to the channel. Give me a, uh, a like on this video and subscribe for more Bears content, more great Bears content. We're looking forward to seeing you guys very soon. It's a tough situation, but we hope it gets better. Until next time, everybody, so long.